night is dark and the air is still and the bad guy is cold as ice. Whoa, you roll concentration, it was a critical throw. Oh, I guess you've been blessed by the dice. Now we are plus one to listen and we hear the whole plan. Make your decision to take down the man. How do you proceed? Oh, I'd love to know. So let's get on. Oh, lead the show. Oh, we are plus one to listen. Welcome to episode... Let me start again. I'm spitting all over the mic there. Right, hold on. <laughs> Welcome to episode 7 of Plus One to Listen. My name is Arthur Hannon, and this is the podcast in which you, the listener, can learn with me, the DM, as I kind of begin to learn and begin to get into this adventure of DMing. I've only been into it about a year or so, um, and as we begin to slowly pass the middle mark of the dreaded 10, as they call it, on podcasts, um, we kind of get, get getting to the end of the first season, and, and, and I've learned an awful lot. Today I have with me a wonderful host. And uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Nelson, also known as Infinite Roleplay, also known as the Totally Immersed Power Gamer. <laughs> known to me as Neftali Ramos. <laughs> That's how I know you. Um, when I talk about you to my girlfriend and my family, it's uh, speaking to Neftali next week. They laugh like, who's Neftali? That's a cool name. <laughs> anyway, in the interest of whipping us back, so... We, uh, we're here today to talk about battles. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something in a way, in, in its own way. Um, you know, high school is a battle. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> just even to be, even to be the DM, to be the creative, um, you know, I, I, I've not yet, I've yet to meet a, a DM who is kind of the, a mathematical person. Um, even the ones who are, they pick up the book, they sit down at the table and suddenly the side comes out of them. So, uh, today we're gonna flourish those sides. We're going to, uh, you know, what would be the, what's that, bellow the fire of our creativity this evening. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and one thing I love about having Nelson on the show, ladies and gentlemen, is I feel like, I feel like some people, you just know, I, I feel like you just know that in, if you, like, had to hang out with, like, a group of people in real life, there'd be one or two that you just, you just fucking did <laughs> with. Like me and Nelson would be in the corner, we'd be like, we'd be joking, like one of us would come up with a new word for crisps and we'd be laughing about it, like, <laughs> like, and everyone would be like, it's not even that funny, and we'd be like, no, but it is, it, listen, cripes, and they'd be like, but that's, and we'd be like, cripes, cripes, like, you know, um, so it's good to have you on the show, man. It's, it's fun to be here, I kind of feel the same way, like, you say that, and I've actually done that with a bunch of friends, just invent <laughs> words. Yeah. And then, like, nothing nothing will be happening. Absolutely nothing. And then one of us, <laughs> say a word. Just, there was a, a thing we used to do. I, I won't go and, and explain it, but things used to happen, and we used to just go, week, 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 and crack up. Because <laughs> we knew what it meant, and nobody else in the world did. Do you do Good. the one in America from Scrubs, where they go, bum, 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 <laughs> oh man, fresh as week. I can pretty much just remember that. Um, anyway, battles. Battles. We're here today. This is one of my favorite subjects, and it's something that I've been like gagging to talk about. Um, 
I just think the battles are the most interesting part of, I think, human history. Well, conflict in and of itself is, is interesting, and the most apparent and obvious conflict is always the conflict that ends up with uh, bloodstains and organs on the floor. Mm. Yep, very true. I mean, the day we were meant to record last week, I um, I ended up watching, as I went to sleep, The uh, Ironclad. Have you seen that film? Um, I believe so, but a while back. See, same here, and I haven't watched it in a while, but honest to God, some films, and as a media graduate, you know, I'm confident saying this, some films are just well-crafted. Also, they're just outside of the box enough that you you feel fresh every time. And that film is one of those great films. Um, and also, the reason I bring it up, um, lots of guts on the floor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah. What's that scream called? The one that do you know about that? So there's a scream. This is the, like, the Wilhelm scream. Wilhelm scream. That's the one. It's like <laughs> something like that. It's in like everything, everywhere, ever. There's a there's a there's a theory that it's in every piece of media at least once, be it series, film, something like that. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. You will hear it. You can hear it in like films like um, the one with Brad Pitt last year, the zombie one. Yeah, it's their uh, uh, World War Z. Yeah, I mean, like there's serious scenes happening, and then you just hear, oh, like yep, the back it's, there. <laughs> yeah, from from current media all the way back to black and white movies where sound was like first introduced. <laughs> it's yep. I have no idea. I, I watched the YouTube video a while ago, and I was like, what? There's apparently cartoons, movies. Well. Like there's apparently huh? a horse sound as well, but it's the same. That like yeah, I don't know that one, but I, I heard yeah, about it. A friend told me about that. But anyway, so to get us into the mood for battle modes, because we are, I mean, my general, I mean, I'm sitting here. I've just been, I've been working hard. Some guy gave me a Budweiser today when I was uh, performing, and I just thought that was funny, so I've kept it. And I've got my Budweiser, I've got my Bud with my Bud, and we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do some battle sounds for you, ladies and gentlemen. How does that sound, Nelson? Oh, battles! I could do sound, sound if effects. We should get oh, it mood that. with some battle sounds. Um, definitely good practice in improv, right? Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we'll build it up. So, like at the beginning of the battle, you 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 set the scene very nicely on Facebook yesterday. The, the mist rising up through the wind or something was that? I I have no idea. It just it was just something that 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 didn't even come to my head. It just came to my fingers as I typed. <laughs> I love so, it. So let's I don't do, but yeah. So you know uh, the reeds. We'll do the reeds and the wind, and you want the atmospheric sound of the wind and the mist, so can you do me some atmospheric wind and mist to start us off? I guess, um, I mean, that's the easiest, right? That's the easiest, yeah. You just, uh, a little of... It's that easy. Love it. <laughs> some low, misty winds. Lay it on me. Um, and, uh, some footsteps, uh... Whatever kind of surface, uh, if if possible, maybe, uh, you know what? Now nah, storms are kind of hard sound effect to do with your your mouth, right? I don't know, man. Um, Trust me on this. I do beat. I do a little bit of beatboxing, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> yeah. si- silent winds blowing. Uh, I guess you know before the battle starts, before the 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 proverbial shit hits the fan, you know, mm-hmm. the two opposing armies, you know, ten thousand men want, over actually. there. And that was the other side, you know. You want, you want. So you got the winds. You got, you got those atmospheric armies standing. Those gravelly footsteps. I mean, that's something that's quite hard, isn't it? I guess you could go with like, kind of. 
something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you got maybe like on top, like some kind of eagle or uh, maybe crow. How does a crow sound? Thought about this before. Uh. I don't know. I don't know how to do individual bird songs. Yeah, I have no idea. Sometimes I just like whistle to the, honest to God, sometimes I whistle to the birds in my garden and they like intermediately whistle back. Does make me laugh to myself. <laughs> like, yeah, just kind yeah. of going, uh, <laughs> so we've got our battle scene. Now, big question of battles is why, why are battles so important? Well, um, I, I kind of inadvertently answered it already. It's, Conflict. Conflict. Every story at the core of every single story is conflict. There's some sort of conflict. Mm-hmm. And conflict, I guess, uh, the more things escalate, the larger the conflict. And other than pure political conflict, which is usually resolved through battle anyway, yeah, it, it always gets there somehow, you know? Like, if one lord wants to make a, a land grab, like in uh, feudal Japan, you know, one daimyo wanted to add to their land and mm-hmm. went to war with uh, another daimyo because he wanted more land or he was dishonored in some way. Conflict seems to be the natural course of resolution in human nature. So I think since it's such a – since personally I think it's such a part of – you know our our primal uh, senses. Yeah. That that that's why it's so important. So it goes beyond why battle itself. It's it's why is battle important? Battle is important because it is necessary in its own weird little way. If not necessary, it's all it, it is just the ironic penultimate answer to human psychology's kind of you know it's just where we it's where we head. It's where we don't mean to, but as you say, a means to an end. Um, yeah. Such. Um, so. Obviously, taking that into account, you know, battle is going to be between uh, two large armies in most instances. Uh, when you're taking into account battle, you know, from a learning point of view, the thing that occurs to me first and foremost is ah, you've got so much going on. Um, naturally, and I'm just going to go with it, you know, this is how I feel. Naturally, I feel like you want to focus on your heroes. And you want to focus on your NPC heroes, so your Theodens, your Aemirs, your blah blah blahs, um, to use Pelennor as an example. And then obviously you've got um, your Aowen and Merry, who let's say are your heroes, you know. Um, and they're like they're all linked, but it's how you play them in amongst the masses. Does that make sense? Um, I can see that point of view. Yes. Is that how you would do it? It de- it really depends on the kind of group that I have, and um, whether or not they're more mechanical minded as far as a rule set, or more theatrically minded, like they want to take that player agency to describe things. Mm-hmm. Because you can have a, a sprawling battle as the backdrop to your hero's actions, or you can have your hero's uh, describe things they do, or maybe um, take a skill that would be relevant to battle, do some sort of skill check, and then narrate how, if they succeed, contribute to the success of the battle, or if they fail on their battlefront, narrate their failure, narrate how yeah. they're being pushed back in the battle and whatnot. So what I'm getting from that, then, really, is that one of the main things that's important is to 
is to be on the same plane as your players. Um, which isn't something that's often important as a DM. Usually, you want to be, in a sense, on a on a on a plane on a on a uh, plane. Maybe the wrong word, but you know, um, a thought process above them. You want to be slightly ahead. You want to be slightly fast. You want to be planned. You want to be, you know. But in this instance, you kind of want to just be in there with them in their shoes, so that they can understand. Okay, if you make this decision and you say it is that it makes that big an impact, then most of the decisions we're going to make now are going to make that big an impact because you can't say, okay, I'm going to make a sneak roll. And it, and it means I sneak under that one dude's legs, and then your next turn you say I make a sneak roll, and I use it to sneak past that massive giant unit. I mean, does it kind of, does it not, I mean, from my point of view, I may be wrong, but to me it feels like to then just be using different different types of roles and things, um, f- sorry, same types of roles for different types of things in amongst this situation wherein, wherein the, var- the, the, the variables are changing all the time, like so much. Um, you know, if you're walking down the street in the village, not much is changing. You know, a guy might run past you, but that's pretty much it. Um, the, but in the battle, you know, beyond the floor falling from beneath you, everything is possible. Um, yeah. That's a lot to say, but does that make sense? Do, 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 do you see a question there? It's, it's in the sense of I, like... I, I do see the question there. It's, it's uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but it seems to be that the question within all that is... Um, why or how do you arbitrate mixing uh, a broader sense of the skills application? Yes. I mean, the scale. Scale is the perfect word to to appropriate. I wouldn't say, like I said, it would depend on your group. Yeah, it should be on the the bed outside. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, the the sense of scale is depending on your group. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're able to read your group. Well, it also sounded like it was a two-part question, so I'm going to answer this first part. All right, you're crazy. (laughs) Or the second part first. But anyway. All we um, get to do is talk, so you can talk know, right? till the sun come down. All right. Don't even have me going there, because I'm going to start talking in this voice, and then you're going to be serious no more. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> getting back to the battle thing. The sense of scale should be established at the start of battle or at um, key moments in the battle. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you have a sneak scale, normally you would be... Yourself, by yourself, trying to dip into a shadow or move silently. However, if you are skilled at sneaking around, maybe you can apply that skill into directing troops to make stealth movements. Right. You know, Maybe you're leading a very lightly armored crew to outflank the enemy. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to get around without drawing any attention from any archers or any horsemen. So you would say, okay, roll a sneak skill. You succeed. How do you stealthily move around to the enemy's flanks so that you could do something else next time, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Could you could you then kind of go one further and to be like, okay, well look, you're you're the thief, you're the you're the paladin, you're you know, so basically you're the sneaker, you're the inspirer, and then, then you're the fighter. So we'll put you with the archers, we'll put you with Sons and we'll put you with I don't know, the swordsman and just kind of give the unit a fixed bonus for as long as they're with them, that kind of thing. So it could be like, okay, for as long as you're with the archers, they are five percent more focused and one and plus one to fight, to hit rolls, you know, or something like that, you know? Um and and that way then save I mean and, and it kind of comes back to what you said about the type of group. If you then have a more mechanical group, because some of the DMs listening will have that more mechanical group and it may give them then the option to be like, look, this is now this okay, so you want rules? Okay, here's the new rules. Well, here's the thing with with a a more mechanical group to 
because you know lately on Facebook and, and those communities and stuff, there's been like a huge thing talking about power gamers, munchkins, and me- basically mechanical gamers, mm-hmm. right? Um, saying that they can only do one thing and that's ruin games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing is is the approach. You know, if you if you're just a mechanical gamer, or if you're a DM who knows the mechanics and understands the mechanics, but you have a group uh, that is all about the mechanics and you want to get a little bit more cinematic. It's you could just do a, a trick. It's just a, a trick of describing a situation. Maybe they have a unit to lead, and you just go into the monster manual and pull out one hundred hit point uh, monster and just say lead them, do one attack roll for the unit, and then just do the listed damage. And you know, if it's a hundred hit point monster, you have a hundred troops, and every time they take a point of damage, a troop dies. Yeah. So you, you know? just make it more mathematical. Yeah, like, you, you, I guess, is that a more structured approach, or? Seems as so. A more, and I mean, a this more is the person approach. who, I mean, the games that I run, um, listeners and Nelsons, that I run Microlite 20, which is a minimal D20 system, um, and I don't often go as far as to even have a set of monster rules in front of me, I just kind of riff, and then if, like, oh, what, you're hitting the orc? Oh, shit, okay, um. <laughs> AC fifteen, yeah, yeah, that good, yeah, you you hit him, <laughs> like because because for me a lot of it is common sense to a certain level. I haven't yet played high level characters, so for me, I reckon when I get there, I'll be like, oh crap, okay, I can't quite do that with bigger monsters and stuff, you know. Um, but a lot of it, you know, you can kind of riff on. Um, but yeah, because of that, I don't tend to have that reference of dip into the monster manual and stuff so much. Um, I use kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll link you up. It's a great rule set fantastic rules it's so simple it just focuses on role playing really um but yeah so i mean in that sense then from a role playing point of view obviously a battle does enable a person to have some fantastic role play opportunities yeah it's i'm not saying that you necessarily have to look into the monster manual but you know uh from what you said you just sort of pull numbers out of your head and say oh yeah sure uh let's roll with this but obviously i mean i have like a general idea and sometimes i'll look but i mean it's mostly like i don't i haven't yet got to a situation where i've had anything i mean in my next campaign i've got a giant millipede and a giant and a giant um and (laughs) um and so they're going to require a lot of stuff written down um but then the giant dragonflies i've got you know they're going to be just kind of medium low level monsters basically so yeah no i i've actually done that as well like instant monster creation right there just, okay he has yeah you know this this and that and boom yeah but um this is just for for you know uh dms that that mm-hmm. aren't up there like maybe they can't or maybe they're a little bit too analytical uh or yeah, they just need I got some so hung up yeah. i got so hung up getting I, I, early on, I got frustrated trying to understand what things meant that had no explanation because I was using a rule set that was very, very simple. So, like, for me, um, when I was, like, DC, AC, blah, 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 I was like, what do these mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Um, I was like, okay, DC, um, uh, dick content? Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, you know I just was so confused. Um, but, yeah, and... Uh, and, and and eventually I got a lot of things clarified and I was like, okay, now it all makes a lot more sense. But because of that, I guess, yeah, a lot of things for me were just a reskin. I understood one or two and I was like, right, I was just kind of drag it across. But I do intend to kind of get into the more serious rule sets. But, you know, I say that and I just don't think, like, 
like I may play in the more serious rule sets, like 5e. But I don't, I don't know if I see myself DMing them. I, I, I personally get stressed enough just writing intros to run with M20, and M20 doesn't often need a lot of stuff written down. So, you know, it's like, yeah. Well, um, you might, uh, they recently come out with, I don't know if the physical book is released yet, but uh-huh. uh, the PDF is, is released for Fantasy Age. Fantasy? It's a, it's a really good, en- yeah, entry level to, um, mid intermediate level. Uh, role-playing game system, and it's 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 not necessarily a, a setting agnostic system. It's obviously set for a fantasy game. Yeah, you know, but it's it's really really simple. Mm. Um, it gets complex, but everything is broke down That's into right, though, because... so many very easy stages yeah. that it's, it's it's easier to learn, and I think it has a little bit more possibilities uh, than. Um, fifth edition, right? Uh, the cipher system is also out. You can pretty much run whatever you want with there, and you don't even need the the rules manual. It's like level one monster uh, has three hit points. You just multiply the level. You know, there's there's a little bit of math. Yeah. But once you get that simple math, you can literally yeah. pull things out of the air, and it would be according to the basic rules. Once you get that equation down, as such. Yeah. Um, That's awesome, man. Do you? No, I mean, I want to. I want to get to battles again. Do you run battles? And have you run a battle recently? I have. I have not run any real battles uh, ever since doing online gaming. So I have not run a battle recently. Right. I have run battles before, um, and I've run overwhelmingly. Uh, Overwhelming odds against the PCs. Um, not recently, but my entire history is, you know, I ran, a, I ran an Edge of the Empire game last year where they had to fight 100 droids. See, I am not good at overwhelming my PCs, which means they get comfy and they don't try stuff, but I'm terrible at it. Like, in my, the end of a campaign I did, um, I had them fight like tons of these guards and the bad guys and stuff, and they killed most of the guards. And I was like, "Oh, I guess, I guess I'll throw another five in there." Like, I don't, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you? My, my so, problem. What yeah, is it? For my you problem is that I, I, I pull my punches too much. I can run harder things, but what, what makes me what makes me do it? Yeah. Is what you ask? Yeah. I love it. I think it's epic. I think. I think it's more epic that a group of, of five people, five very special people, being like the player characters, right? Or, you know, three to five, however many players you have. But those small group of, of heroes, either by themselves or leading other people, you know, NPCs, hirelings, whatever, you know, yeah. leading a squad of their own yeah. into this battle and overcoming a larger number of enemies rather than just fighting a single, you know, dragon or a giant. You know, five guys against a giant could be epic, but five guys against 50 orcs might be way more interesting of a battle. Yeah, no, I totally see that. And and, and that's kind of the answer I was looking for, actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was nice, that was nice. Um, I mean, for me, I think that's why I want to do it. Um, as I said to Shawnee in the last episode, it's like, I've decided I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it! 
like, you know, I've just, I've decided I'm going with it. Um, but, um, yeah, I just want that, I want that climax for me. I want that bit where it's just kind of like, they fought this team, they've had that encounter and they fought that guy. They've eradicated that problem and now there's this. And when this is over, the ashes will settle. You know, it's like, and when the ashes settle, Oh, what's that little shiny thing coming out of the ashes? Oh, let's polish it and see. Oh, it's a dragon egg. You know, like, <laughs> like that's my plan. Because I've never done dragons. So my plan, AJ, if you're listening, AJ, um, is to get you on the show, AJ. I'm saying it again. I want him to like, if he's listening, I want him to be like, what? Um, and uh, and I just want to have a dragon episode. So that's the plan, listeners, just to, just to let you know. Because, um, yeah. That would be cool. I haven't done them before. And it's only because of AJ that I know that they're, like, intelligent and stuff. Oh, wow. Honestly, I thought dragons... I totally thought dragons were, like... Like, I don't know. Big lions in personality. Oh, that was it. No, I've I've had an obsession with dragons for many, 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 many years. Uh, so, you know, I was in elementary school just drawing dragons constantly. Not even... I'm terrible at drawing them. Am I I, when I draw, I'm gonna draw one now. Well, on my desk. When they, when I draw them, the proportions are all off, man. Anyway, carry on. Tell me. But yeah, like I don't really ever use dragons. Almost never. In almost 20 years of gaming, I think I may may have used a dragon once or twice. Yeah. Because a, to me, a dragon is one of those enemies that makes me feel like I need to play them as dangerous and deadly as I think they need to be, which means no pulling punches. And you know? then that means that, like, you've got, you kind of got to be like, look, heroes, when you're going into this, you're going into this, like, you really are. Um, yeah, you know, it's like, it's a serious situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I've, I've literally accidentally killed players with, like, uh, for an example, I, I did a game where, I kind of accidentally killed players with... They were level 10 or level 12s. Yeah. Right? In, in Dungeons and Dragons 5th uh, edition. And I killed them with things that they should have had an easy time with at level 1. Oh, man. Swarm? So... <laughs> they, yeah, they were outnumbered, but... <laughs> God, I didn't... I, 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 I took away a lot of the special rules that they had mm-hmm. as well to make them e- even easier to fight. And I just... Just, you know... There's that awkward moment as well when you're like, it'll be fine, and then a player rolls a one, and you're like, why did he have to roll a one? And then he, like, slips beneath the masses, and you're like, bye-bye. My God. It wasn't even a, bad, a roll of... They had strength drain. So when they when they touch you, when they hit you, they drain a little bit of your strength. Ugh. And uh, apparently the characters were made... Some of them were made with strength as a dump stat. So oh they got God. hit three or four times. And it was just like, yeah, um, I'm dead. Wait, what do you mean you're dead? Yeah, my strength is zero. <gasps> oh, good God! <laughs> what? What? Oh, so, so yeah, that there's was... a lesson to be learned, though. Pod, this, I mean, isn't there really? Um, when it comes to battles, um, if you if you blow the scale of that up, um, you know, you've got to be careful on your balance of things. You know, it's, I think I think it's uh, learning. What you can do with certain creatures, monsters, and environments, mm-hmm. um, and how well you can utilize those together 
right? Like, ugh. Yeah. It's one of one of my favorite. No, fuck that. I'm not. My <laughs> absolute favorite dungeon master ever that I ended up playing like almost ten years with. Mm-hmm. Um, he started off as my dungeon master, ended up very close friends, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he moved away a few years ago, so we've been a little bit out of touch. But he actually owned a copy and read almost religiously, religiously Sun Tzu's Art of War. Ugh. Okay? Amazing. And those, that ideology of warfare was implemented in his Dungeons & Dragons games. Mm-hmm. So now that you know, I'm a very tactically minded person, uh, you know, political tactics, military tactics, individual small combat tactics, and I love to build my characters tactically. So mm-hmm. I always had a good time playing the game, and I was always challenged. But when we migrated out of our own group to the general populace, let's say, mm-hmm. they had way more hard times playing those games because... Once you realize tactical applications of what you have, mm. both as a player and especially as a DM, then your combats become way more interesting, way more in-depth, and way more deadly. Yeah, I mean, even down to the individual combat as well. Almost oh, definitely. Mm. You know, if... if um, okay, there's there's a spell called Create Bonfire in 5th edition. You just create a small pillar of fire, right? <laughs> and it stays Love there. fantasy! <laughs> if, if, you, if you cast that on an enemy, right, mm. and your big burly fighter guy grabs the enemy's arm, puts them in an arm bar, and basically throws them on the floor and pins them in their position, they're just cooking in this fire and can't move. <laughs> that's a tactical, that's tact, that's teamwork. Mm. But teamwork, you have to be tactically minded. You have to think about how to work together, how to use each other's abilities, um, well, and how to use your environment well. Mm. Uh, another application of tactics when you're outnumbered and have those really interesting encounters is if you have a hundred skeletons or goblins chasing after you and you're in a dungeon, it's a dungeon crawl, go find a doorway. Yeah. Funnel. You know, <laughs> exactly. You limit the amount of damage you can take from any. Uh, f- limit the amount of damaging sources that could hurt you, and you automatically increase your survivability a bunch. If you're a DM, keep those things in mind. Uh, you know, place things like that there, like an outhouse somewhere. You know, or if it's a terrain feature, you have a valley. And the whole point is, you know, throw them a bone, give them clues, tidbits, that, look, you're going to get ambushed in this valley. And if they go into the valley unprepared, here come the boulders coming down, blocking Mm -hmm. their way out. Maybe they're pouring, uh, you know, tar uh, on the edge of the valley and just shooting arrows at your players, and they have to deal with the situation they got themselves into. But that's that's a battle, not large-scale battle. Yeah. You bring up some amazing points, man, and you kind of finish on one which is really um, apt because uh, the battle I wish to host is uh, actually taking place in a valley. So it's very 300. Um, imagine nice. imagine 300, but if they 
like just imagine you are literally standing with those soldiers right now close your eyes and imagine it and then take 10 steps back into the valley <laughs> like that's kind of where my battle takes place so it's more in the valley it's more within the cliffs within let's say the 40 foot cliffs um and uh i mean then therefore would you say to kind of just to be tactful even with the planning move it out a little bit because i've been i've already been a little bit concerned with the limits of it um well as a as a, a dm with this particular what, instance as well, I guess as a as a DM, it's it's more like when you're a DM, you're you're a writer, you're a mm. you know you're like uh, the director of a movie mm. or the writer. But you only of a get comic. One, you only get one take. That's what that's the thing about being yeah. a DM. You get one take, and if if you get if one the, take, if the train goes past the station and you weren't looking, then you, like it doesn't come back. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think okay. In that instance, my personal opinion would be to allow your players to really choose where the battle is staged. Um, at least if they know uh, about that. influence it as well. I mean, I, can't, I couldn't... As the kind of DM I am, I probably couldn't let my players get to a point in this small... Because they're indigenous tribes in the, in the war. Um, okay. So I couldn't really see them just straight through communication or um, anything else getting to a place where they... Uh, would have that much political influence. Yeah. Well, this this is this is in a valley. How large is the valley? Like, could one of these uh, tribes or or villages or something actually stage uh, a confrontation? Would they have the numbers to stage that confrontation? So yeah. So basically, there's two tribes. One is a forest tribe, and they used to all be the forest tribe. Um, and then within the conflicts of the island. Um, the volcano, the giant, the giant insects and stuff. Just it's basically the island of Kong, uh, King Kong, um, but with um, with like they don't they don't worship the big guy. They just they, they know there's a big guy on the island. They're all terrified of him. Um, so yeah, a branch of them have kind of gone off, say like a hundred years ago, and started a, a mountain tribe because they didn't like the conditions of the forest. It was a big disagreement. Blah blah blah. Um, it's more detailed, but yeah. So they went off to the mountains, and they now live, and they're very kind of goat skin for people, blah, blah, and the other people are very, like, Aboriginal loincloth, you know. Um, Numbers-wise, they are both, um, I mean, they're both of, of a good uh, 5,000? Yeah. Like, the entire race, the entire of the two colonies would be about 10,000 people, I'd reckon. Wow, that, that's a... I mean, individually for one tribe of people, that's that's a good-sized army. I mean, you imagine them as uh, when I say tribe, I use the word tribe in the kind of Native American sense, being that they could just be giant, you know, um, they could be enormous. Those tribes, um, but yeah, these are. I mean, tribe might not even be the right word. They're a race. They're an unknown race on my world anyway. So that's kind of how the play. But the players discovering them in this game is their way of starting this campaign, which is called Clavenia Unexplored. And my players are medieval Indiana Jones characters, basically. So Nice. Um, so the whole idea is, hey, here's a world I've homebrewed, but let's fill it up together um, and uh, see where it goes. And this is the first confrontation. And, and in a way, as well, every confrontation puts something on the map. So it kind of makes sense, because every confrontation is like, here's a new big field that we celebrate every 20 years. You know, like, um, or here's like, yeah, yeah you know, and that's going to be the thing that this is like, oh, 
the Battle of So and So Island and this uh, the blue uh, blue. All right, so um, historically, right, mm-hmm. more often than not, tribal uh, people have a lot of um, what is like skirmishes. They have skirmish combat, not not uh, clear delineated. Uh, lines of warfare, you know, where they clash, where those two clear delineated lines of their armies come together is where the battle happens. Mm -hmm. You know, like tribal people, uh, at least from most of the things that I know and and my biggest sort of influence is that, you know, running through the jungles, the forest, um, or being highly mobile on, Mm. you know, horses and stuff, where it's, it's about well, my reference run, for these from several angles. My reference for these is actually, um, oddly, a mixture of um, Egypt, ancient Egypt, and um, the. Um, sorry, bear with me, tribal people, Egypt. I was say I, I had it in my mind. Um, oh, sorry. My reference for these is oddly Egypt and um, the Zulus. So, you know, I mean. They in themselves are an odd tribal people, the Zulus, you see. Um, they're kind of... I mean, they didn't necessarily do large warfare, but they had the numbers, and they didn't mind presenting them as well. That was the big difference in a way, wasn't it? You know, there was, it wasn't odd to see a line of a couple of hundred Zulus, say. Yeah. When you say about the it being skirmish combat, it kind of makes me think, so maybe the best way to set it up would be to have an instance wherein one of the tribes is, is that enough? And he's putting his foot down and, and, they, and they're sending X amount of soldiers to, to I don't know, just, I mean, I'll come up with a good reason, you know, etc. But maybe the interception of said army could be the conflict, um, yeah, giving well, it the skirmish style, you know? It's, it's, I, I... I'm not in your head, so mm. you know I. The picture that's being painted in my head Please. is is um, you know, if the the other army is that another tribal army or is it more organized? No. Army? Um. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Both tribal. The second army is theoretically a little bit more organized. You know, they their their technology is without a doubt further along, but um, which does dictate a lot in society. You know, but um, but yeah, I mean, their technology. So if you imagine you've got your kind of Amazonian tree living people who are very Zulu in nature, and then you've got your mountain people, they're almost almost Inuit in nature, but they're not as peaceful. Um, And they are a branch of the forest people. So they're like a a rebellion of almost. which kind of makes me think you could that, kind of set it like a, a civil war kind of thing, maybe. Well, I, the thing that I don't know, I don't know why, but I'm just getting this image in my head of like some sort of valley or you know uh, a crevasse cut into the land, you know, with with overgrown you know foliage and vines and trees on the top of it. But the only real way to to get from point A to point B is to move through that. And, you know, the larger forces or the, you know, the, the part where the players are not, the side the players aren't on is just marching forward. And this smaller group is, you know, like, oh, we're attacking at range, we're running back, we're attacking at range, we're running back until they get to the point where they're at this, this crevasse, this crevice, this valley. And then um, all of a sudden, even though they had smaller numbers, 
you know, the the other two thirds of their army starts mm. swinging down from the vines and. So uh, it's a combination of that slow regimental warfare with that ambushy skim, just a mix, a nice mix. Yeah, it's. I believe the tactic is called a double envelopment. Um, <laughs> kind of charge, which you charge. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, because as you go, as you take them in, you surround them with so many that it it basically engulfs them. Yeah, I just want to. I'm just I'm just googling to see yeah. if I actually have the tactic right. Yeah, that's it's called a double envelopment. It's a, it's a pincer move, you know. Uh huh. And like Roman, like Roman style or that big battle style combat where you had the battle lines, it was always about breaking the battle lines so that your cavalry and charioteers could come pick off the, the mm-hmm. scattered forces. And the double envelopment is when you don't have the numbers that you can literally envelop your enemy, surround them on three sides, um, and if you can, all four. Mm. You know, you don't have the numbers... But, you know, they, their numbers mean nothing when you, you're controlling each area of battle. Yeah, exactly. Well, honestly, it's been a fantastic session, man. I'm going to have to start wrapping this up because I've got a few things I want to talk about before the end. Um, and so one of which I'd like to launch into is um, Incarnate. And this is something that you've been playing with as well. Um, I did speak to the gentleman at Incarnate and I said I'd mention it on the show. Um, you've been doing videos, and ironically, man, I was going to say to you before you started the show, it's kind of funny, because <laughs> I wanted to do videos. Like, I haven't done anything in a long time. I'm not really fussed about picking up the camera right now, because things aren't really great. Um, but what I don't mind doing is sticking on, like, a Let's Play video recorder, but I just don't know how to use one. So I was going to just be like, look, I found this great new program, let's try it out. Um... <laughs> And you did yours, so I'm glad you did. I really am glad you did. But I do still think I might give it a try, so I'll give you, I'll, I'll sling you a, a request for like your video recorder and stuff. Um, what would I use? Yeah, I use this thing called Open Open Broadcast Software. Okay. Um, it's OBS. Let me just. Uh, yeah, I was doing that in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh. OBS. Let's just type. Yeah. Open. Open. Uh. Open Broadcaster. Software. Okay. You can get it at um, HTTPS. Uh, leave me alone, people. Okay. You can Fire get Christmas it. ringtone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you can you can get OBS at OBSproject.com. It's free. Uh, it's freely available. Um, there's no viruses. I've had it for a while. I've been using it, and I think I want to just make all my videos with it because it's so cool. Right, man. Um, you tag on your overlays, uh, screen, screen records. Um, there's more you could do with it that I've heard about, though I haven't uh, gone there yet. It's been serving its purpose as far as my needs currently. Uh, but I do want to explore it some more. Definitely, man. And in regards to that, I want to explore Incarnate as well, um, which is why I'm thinking of doing some videos. Just starting really basic, like, let's make a, let's make a dot. And then let's make a line. Like, you know, just like really basic. And, and just like, because when you break it right down, you can do some cool stuff with that program. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good, um, it's a really, really, really amazing yeah. entry level program. Uh, you can get some intermediate levels of, of detail and, and you can get in there. Of course, you're not going to have like that high customization uh, 
ability and, and style change like in Photoshop. But for what it is, it's amazing. And my last video, I actually discovered something, a way to use the program that it probably wasn't intended for. <laughs> that's also very, very powerful, regardless of your level of skill uh-huh. with art programs and cartography. Yeah, um, I mean, I find it to be quite uh, good in that sense that you don't have to know an awful lot about uh, art and cartography. It kind of works in, like Photoshop listeners in that sense. When you do your little rough sketching and you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that. And then you move the mouse away and you click off. It like, poof, like kind of puts like a nice little line on it. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, that actually looks like a map. Like, you know, it's like, okay. And then suddenly you're like, you did a little proud face, you know, you're like, okay, I like that. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Um, another thing I really wanted to talk about um, was uh, just getting a bit of feedback in, listeners, because I put a post up a couple of days ago um, asking if anybody had anything they'd like to put on the show. Um, so what I'd like to say is if you'd like to send any feedback, um, you're welcome to send an email or an MP3 to uh, my personal email, which is, uh, we'll use my Gmail, hannon905 at gmail.com, H-A-N-N-A-N. And uh, yeah, I just really want to hear what people know about, think about the show. Because I mean, you guys, the, everyone that's been on the show has kind of commented like, great show and stuff. Um, hmm. But I think it's nice to have a little feedback um, just to kind of inspire people. Also, once you start sending it in, um, and I know there's some experience, I used to be a feedback junkie when I was a teenager. I used to love sending feedback to my favorite podcasts. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show today, man. It's been wonderful to have you, and you've just laid some great ideas down. Um, I came up with one idea I'd like to run by you before we shoot off. All right. So this idea is the battle box, and... I created this idea as we were talking because uh, being a street musician, I see a lot of cajuns, um, the box drum. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be very cool to get an old fruit crate and affix as such satchels to the sides, large stitched on satchels of sorts that you could put different things inside and put different types of drumsticks on the thing and use those to simulate different effects during battle. Um, Effectively, you could sit on it, and it could be your DM chair during the battle. Um, Even if you just had the two sides available, let me paint you a picture. You've got a satchel on your right-hand side, and inside of the satchel, you've got a plastic bag to keep it waterproof, and inside that bag you have some gravel and some slices of melon. And every time you someone swishes, and you're describing someone getting a critical, you get, like... um, just a drumstick even, or a rolling pin, and as you describe the hit of the critical, you beat the melon once, like, <laughs> yeah. around the table, gets the, <laughs> with the <laughs> sound, and it's like, <laughs> and I think that'd be great. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of effort. I, I don't know. I think those sound effects that you're doing uh, vocally right now are good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I do go over the top when we're gaming. Um, yeah. But yeah. But for for yeah. those who, who, who can't or... Uh, aren't yet able to get those sound effects or aren't confident in their sound effects, I think that's an amazing idea. Yeah, and even just, you could you could literally, um, obviously there's soundboards on your phones and stuff, ladies and gentlemen, uh, talking of battle as well, briefly just to mention Sirenscape. You can uh, go on Sirenscape, which is a soundscape um, creator, and it's fantastic. You could just get like the sound of like, in the background, you know? Um, yeah. 
And briefly before we get off, what's your opinion of Rome Total War? Or any of the well, Total War games? Uh, you know, I haven't played Total War since, like, the, the second one was released. Wow, me um, neither until recently, so... Yeah, well, I haven't really been playing too many video games uh, over the years. I've been growing more and more into just this venue yeah. right here, tabletop gaming. Uh-huh. But going back to Rome Total War or the Total War series, mm. uh, I kind of uh, enjoyed it because they had you know regiments, regimental formations, mm. and they really made you think about how you were approaching combat and mm-hmm. when to actually engage what units where. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons I bring it up, listeners, and, and Nelson, is that it is so tact, so tactful. Um, like, once you start to learn to play that game, uh, as I am recently, um, you realize that battle is not at all about death. Um, it is entirely about male pride and being the bigger person. And you... And not by bigger, not bigger in the usual sense of be bigger and win the argument and be, feel good about yourself. Bigger as in just have the most men and make the biggest noise and be scare the other people. Like, loudest bark. There you go. Um, and that game is a great example of that and it'll, it'll teach you a lot. Um, if you don't want to play the video game, there's an old TV show. And I don't know if you know this, Nelson, but I'm sure you'd love this show. Um, I watched it when I was a child before I went for swimming club. And, um, <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but if you Google BBC Rome Total War, um, they basically, before Rome Total War or Medieval Total War was a game, um, it was just a program. It was just this weird historical program that they used to use to emulate battles. And they did it with a TV show with it. And historians, like, helped families um, win or lose the game, and they'd, like, reenact famous battles. Um, and then eventually enough people were like, can you please make this a PC game that they, they did? So that's the, as far as I know, that's the history of Rome Total War. I could be completely wrong. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check that out. And do, do check that out. It's a cool show. Yeah, I, I watch most of my, you know, viewing experiences tend to be educational. Mm-hmm. For those reasons, you yeah. know, uh, war tactics, battle weapons, the de- the it's historical the development of weapons. Oh yeah, I've I've watched this thing. I, oh, I forget the name of it as well. And it's another uh, BBC type show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up with with that stuff. Watching Channel Thirteen and Twenty One over here in the states, which was public broadcasting. Yeah, a lot of 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 what happened came from from you know your side of the of the world, and it was mm-hmm. great. Um, but yeah, you know, I love that stuff, learning about that and Mm. how and why certain choices in battle were made and, you know, how, how social and technology, technological development guided battle tactics and, you know, how they, they, they engaged, like why were the Huns successful you know, why did the, the Ottoman Empire grow so large, so fast, and so powerful, and why they fell? Mm. I love that stuff. Well, it's again what I say about the battle thing. It's like, as you read, as you delve into it, you're like, okay, so this this happened. So first of all, I've got to get my head around that. Like, <laughs> this this guy, like, I mean, Genghis Khan's a great example. You know, this this guy, who is also, by the way, related to, like, 15% of like is it the asian population of the world or something like like everything is like one i think it's one in five asian men can get their lineage to genghis khan or something like that um i read something insane don't hold me to that listeners but i read something insane like that um 
And, you know, he just, he literally took 500 men on horses. Not, 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 not a thousand, not a million. 500 men on horses and conquered the, conquered like the Eastern world. Like, yeah. No, sorry, conquered the world, like, for a while. Um, uh, what? Yeah, like, the, the only reason, he was never defeated. The only reason, um, his, his empire fell was because it got too big to manage. Of course it did. He could only leave one fucker every time he'd moved on. He'd be like, right, chinky, bloggy dong or whatever. I don't know, that was very racist, I'm sorry. But uh, he, he'd be like, listen, stay here, and you do the jobs, and I'm going to go and kill the rest of the people and have more babies. And then he'd go and do that, and then he'd come back, he'd be like, dude, what happened to my village? Everyone's overweight and tired and sleeping all the time. And then he'd be like, dude, you left. You left us all, man. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. Bit of Genghis Khan comment. Bit of... Before we go, I really, really want to say yeah. one thing that I'm not sure if we got across. Well. Please plug I could... If you need uh, to. Okay, well, first, the, the thing about battle mm-hmm. is not to approach... I love battle. I, I absolutely love it. But if you're going to be doing campaigns and you want to think about battle, don't think of it as a cause. It's an effect. Okay, the battle battles don't necessarily cause things. It's everything else that causes battle. You know, um, having someone dishonor you or, you know, Romeo and Juliet, the feud, the love. Oh, wait. Okay. I got I to gotta beat daddy right now. That's okay. <laughs> which is, uh, which can be considered battle as well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, battle is an effect. Battle is an effect, not a cause. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. As far as the plugs... I mean, if you want to go to uh, Infinite Roleplay on Facebook or Infinite Roleplay on YouTube, you can watch uh, my my videos. Keep track of what you. Okay, what this one? Okay, I got to get you a new one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but go check out Infinite Roleplay both uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, and currently on Drive Through RPG. I have map packs for sale which are generic world uh, map packs. So each pack has at least each pack has at least uh, six different maps, um, three to six different maps, and they are a pay-what-you-want model. All right? I've got six, six of them on there. One of them is a dollar right off the bat. It's just a dollar because I put a little bit more work into it. Okay. And the other ones... <laughs> and the other ones... And then the other ones are pay-what-you-want model. And as soon as I get an opportunity, I'm going to be making more of those. Uh, lots of, lots more of those. And I Great would like to, to also make, you know, paper minis, uh, some settings and stuff. Yes. But going back to the, the, the Infinite Roleplay Facebook, um, if you have any suggestions for videos you guys want to watch, uh, types of maps or, or discussions... You know, shoot me a comment on uh, Infinite Roleplay on Facebook or even on Gmail, InfiniteRoleplay at gmail.com. And I'll look into uh, into producing that kind of content. Wonderful. Well, check it out, listeners, please do. Nelson is a very entertaining man to watch, and sometimes I put him on. When we, when me and my girlfriend are getting ready in the morning, she's doing her makeup, I'll sit and watch <laughs> Nelson. And she'll be like, you watching Neftali? And I'll be like, yep. And then I'll just sit and I'll just eat my, like, giggling to my cereal. Like, you make, you make this, dude, you make the cereal fall out of my mouth. There's a compliment for you. <laughs> you should have that on a t-shirt. Oh, you wow. make the cereal fall out of my mouth. And then just walk up to a woman and just do this, stroke your chest. And she'll be like, 
Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, you do, though. You do. So check it out, listeners, and uh, have a giggle. Check out Incarnate. It's fantastic stuff. Check out Plus One to listen. Plus One TL.weebly.com. And check out Infinite Roleplay as well on Facebook. And uh, everybody, have a lovely week. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, I'll try and get AJ. We'll see if we can fish him in, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm sure we, I'm sure we'll, we'll, well, we'll try. <laughs> With the worlds being so big these days. Wait, 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 what? Did you lose me? Oh. Uh, yeah, you broke out for a second. Ah, uh, that's cool. Well, we're going to get off, so have a good one, man, and uh, speak to you soon. Uh, most definitely, bro. Take it easy. Take it easy, man. Peace.